0: Welcome to the Rare Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Eladji This podcast is an open discussion, really, with people from all different stories, whether it's some of my closest friends or my favorite celebrities. I bring someone new on each episode to speak on things that are either laying on my heart or theirs. We may cry, we may laugh, but at the end of it all, I truly hope these episodes inspire you. What's up everyone and welcome to episode two of the Rare Culture Podcast. Today, I'm speaking to an amazing young woman by the name of Courtney Galloway. She is a YouTuber, web designer, and the owner of an amazing platform called Freedom Revamp, among other things. Welcome to the show, Court. Thank you for having me, I'm excited. Let me get right into it. You do so much to inspire others to be their best. Where did that inspiration come from when you first started?
1: Honestly, it came from a place of me being broken. Um, I lived majority of my life not knowing who I was or who I was created to be and what my purpose was in life. And when I finally started to figure that out, I started to see like other people around me not really knowing it for themselves either. So it kind of came from, okay, let me help people in the places that I've been
0: helped. That's beautiful honestly That's the same thing that um, that happened with me Because I, I started mine for Because of pain and being creative Was my outlet So I definitely um, feel you on that um, That's great and, and the crazy part is for some reason it, You know most people who get fueled by pain They make the most amazing stuff Like they are able to change the world So crazy Because of yeah. that pain That you know fueled them Um, this Women's History Month, you're using your, your platform, Freedom Revamp, um, to empower women who are changemakers in the world of entertainment, music, and more. Um, what inspired that series? Because, um, women need that. They need to, somebody to recognize, you know, their hard work. Because a lot of women feel like their work isn't valued as much you know what I mean so for you to actually take a moment in your life and create a series that just focuses on recognizing the hard work that us women do um, what inspired that series So um, I think it
1: initially came from like just honing in on what Freedom Revamped is supposed to be. Um, For those of you who don't know, it's a platform. We're currently a blog and podcast where we just talk about issues that are going on in the world and in our personal lives and how we can sort of navigate through those things. So in this past year um, with COVID, it's been kind of like we've been seeing of course, the black community, like we've been seeing a lot of racial injustice and social injustice. Um, But then I realized that the black community and the community of women, we go through that all the time, not just in the past year of COVID. So last month for Black History Month, we kind of highlighted that and I was like, okay, well, let me actually focus on women as well, because we do get downsize in the workplace and in the world in general even though that even though we're the backbone of what society is built on so I just wanted to kind of recognize um these women who are just going through everything but still coming out triumphant
0: that's really great I mean I even seen a lot of them reposting um like um Chloe from Chloe and Haley and 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 stuff like that and it's it's amazing that they even recognize it or, you know, felt good about themselves because of what you said about them. So how did that make you feel seeing those, you know, those in those change makers, recognize what you're saying about them?
1: First of all, I like every time it happens, I have like a mini heart attack because I have to check to see if it's like them or one of their fan pages reposting it because you know fan pages will have like yeah. similar names. But honestly, it lets me know that what we're doing over at Freedom Revamped is the right thing and we're heading down the right path because the recognition of the platform, it's really good, but to know that these women are actually, you know, recognizing that we see that they're doing something good, it kinda is furthering our mission in a sense.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I when I saw how many people were like really, like, they weren't just like reposting, they were actually like, putting little tear emojis and stuff like it was really touching their heart that they they see people recognizing what they're doing um what other things are you planning with the freedom event brand
1: that you can share yeah um so much and i think i've shared majority of what we want to do on the instagram story so it's nothing's really a secret but we do want to um further our brand and actually become like a physical copy magazine, right? Like I said, right now, we're just a blog and a podcast, but um, we want to be able to reach more people. And I'm the type of person who I like tangible things. So like if I'm reading a book, I can't do an ebook. So basically the magazine would just be um, the blog, but on paper so people can actually have copies of it and have pictures to go along with it um and we're also going to be sort of rebranding our podcast in season three we just started releasing season two but once this is over then you'll see some really amazing things coming up on season three of the podcast
0: that's amazing i mean having a a publication myself it is it's definitely worth it um to have it in your hands like I'm trying to, (laughs) I think I've released about 40 issues and I haven't, I don't actually have all 40, but I'm catching up with myself, (laughs) but it is really nice to like have a little stack of your work, you know, and, and even featuring, um, certain people in it. They, they love the fact that they get to hold their own work in their hands, you know, or their own interviews in their hands. So that is amazing. Um, last week he posted a photo talking about, Um, your weight and finding self-love in it and it really resonated with me because I deal with that and have been since I was a child Um, I did not think about it as a kid until my grandmother brought it up she was the first person to point it out and at one point tried to overfeed me to gain weight because everyone in my family was was thick like you said in the post so I started to develop this issue with my weight as a kid and when I started going to school it got worse Uh, so people would start calling me anorexic and sick and all these things you can think of that pertain to me being skinny. Um, I think the worst situation I was in was a girl came up to me, um, in front of everybody in the cafeteria. I was literally minding my own business and she came up to me, um, in front of everybody in cafeteria and she took my wrist and she wrapped her fingers around it to demonstrate how skinny I was to everybody. and that moment just the fact that everybody was laughing and all that stuff like that moment really took a toll on me because it's like j- like I can't just be <laughs> like I can't just be you have to come into my space and you know make make sure I know that something's wrong with my my weight you know what I mean so it took me a long time for me to develop a love for my weight uh, my dad is tall and skinny which is where I get it from so I was never like unhealthy or anything I just took it from him um but people or children I would say because it was mostly in high school that I dealt with this um children didn't understand that you can't just be naturally small like so how did your issue with your weight start um yeah how, how did your issue with your weight start
1: Um, honestly, it started in middle school when I was in elementary school, I was living in Mississippi and I went to a private school and majority of the girls I was friends with and majority of the girls at the school in general were actually like, like me, they were, we were skinny, we were tall. And so we really didn't like have anyone to compare to other than our family members or something. But when I moved to Georgia, I was like, oh my gosh okay where are all these girls getting these thighs from and they would point it out and I actually um similar to you um had people like talking about my weight um the comments about girl you so skinny those really didn't bother me but I think the first time a comment really bothered me was when someone asked me if I smoked crack wow yeah so that's where it started and majority of the time I could like brush it off but then i would get like when social media became a big thing i would get on social media and see more thick women and seeing that thick is in and hearing rappers talk about having big butts so um i think that's kind of where it started Is just i was huge on comparing myself to other people so when thick started to be the it thing then i started to see an issue with my weight but um yeah i think that's where it started
0: when those times occurred where people were kind of coming at at you about your weight um how did you handle it mentally because i know like it it hurt more mentally because the the voices of people saying well you you're too skinny you're this you're that you need to get more meat on your bones that was another thing people say you need to get more meat you need to eat more yeah like that that those times were you know you're trying to look cute and everything and then those voices come in your head how do you handle it mentally um trying to be empowered about your about your body
1: um so sometimes it's hard especially certain comments um and I think mentally most of the time I just suppress those feelings but then um I sort of have to go back to moments where I felt really beautiful and remind myself that you know what your weight isn't like an end all be all it's like it's something that i can't change so sometimes at one point i was vegetarian and my family was like what you need to be like you said you need to eat more meat and you're talking about cutting meat out of your diet but um i sort of just had to block those voices out and kind of hee hee ha ha along with them um i lost my train of thought (laughs)
0: I mean I remember um, I went on an Eden fest of just like Burgers and McDonald's for almost a month And then after the month passed I broke down and cried Because my weight moved maybe One pound so it Mm -hmm. I was like oh why I'm trying to be what people are Like fussing at me about And it's not working so I kind of broke down That moment did you ever have a Moment when you tried to please people by doing Things to gain weight Um now actually
1: it's more so about me than other people because now I'm like I'm 19 and I'm in college and of course most things are remote but not too many people are making comments about it unless I bring it up and I'm joking about it myself myself because now I'm in a place where I can joke about it like oh y'all see my butt growing I think it is but um and the thing is Like, I know that like right now I'm skinny, but actually for me, it's more I don't want to say hereditary, but sort of so. Because when my mom and my grandma were my age, they were this skinny, too. And I'm looking at them now like (laughs) they got the weight on them. So um, moments where I feel like I need to please other people about my weight, I'm realizing that this isn't their body. It's mine. So if I'm happy with it, then. I'm okay. But if it's something that I really feel I need to change for myself, then I'm going to work on it. But if it's outside influences, then I try not to think about it too much.
0: Yeah, that's the same thing. And, um, on the topic of women empowerment and loving our bodies, do you think social media plays a part in the way women view themselves? Cause I know you were talking about comparing like to the girls on social media. And I definitely, resonate with that because I've done that a lot of times you know just scrolling through especially like for example Fashion Nova like you scroll through Fashion over's whole feed everybody got thighs and stuff like has social media like do you think it plays a major part in how we view ourselves as women
1: absolutely um going back to like the way rappers talk about women I do think it plays a huge part in it and actually we recently recorded an episode for our podcast where we were talking about how social media media plays a huge role in people and in, in how people in general view themselves but if we want to get more specific how women we view ourselves. Um, I actually saw on tiktok the other day where this girl who's thicker was um downplaying women in her comments who were talking about will a uh, skinny women have issues too and she was saying that society our clothing brands were made for the skinnier people but and I get it yes it might be easier for us to find clothes but at the same time when we hear rappers saying I want a big booty bit, are they saying um you know stuff about skinny people and basically saying that thicker women are better then it does play a huge role in how we view ourselves
0: yeah I definitely feel that I've 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 actually heard that a couple times like oh well you shouldn't be sad about your weight at least you're skinny you know I even tried going to the gym at one point and people was looking at me in that gym like why are you here you already small like i'm just 100 healthy automatically because i'm small <laughs> like, right and that's I not still, true at all <laughs> no like my i don't have no muscle in my arms at all so that's at why i was all. there but like i went trying to get on the treadmill and they looking at me like i'm like you don't have to stare at me that hard like can i please <laughs> work out in peace so like it really is hard for people our size as well as everybody you know it's not just because we're small we got it easier you know clothes i mean (laughs) i mean okay like we just because we're small doesn't mean we find the best clothes like we still gotta look for clothes too you know what i mean so I understand that part about you know people just automatically assuming we should be happy because we're skinny like it's always the opposite and that's the crazy part like you know thicker girls a lot of them be like well if I were smaller it'll be easier and then us over here we're like well if we were thicker it'll be easier you know
1: right so it's it's sometimes hard like yeah um and in my post I mentioned that like Last time I checked and I've probably gained a little bit since then because of this protein and stuff I've been intaking. But last time I checked, I was 96 pounds. If you talk to a doctor or you look at the WebMD type stuff for my age and my height, that is definitely underweight, which is obviously unhealthy. So for people to automatically assume that just because we're of the smaller size or just because we're skinnier, that we're healthy is completely, I hate to say it, it's ignorant, honestly, because we can Mm. still be out of shape. I still cannot Mm. run a mile without losing my breath. (laughs) And as far as the gym comments, I was actually talking to my my cousin who, um, she's she was skinnier as well and she's also short but she's been working out lately and she was telling me that like if you want to gain healthy weight then you actually should work out because muscle weighs more than um if you gain muscle then you'll obviously weigh more so
0: I mean, yeah i don't That's think why people really it. think about it <laughs> no that's why I started. Like a lot of people think if you go to the gym it's cuz you're trying to lose weight, but there's other reasons, you know, to go. Right. Um, when it comes to posting on social media, is it easy or harder because of your issue with your with loving your body? Cuz I know it takes me about a, about 100 pictures to find the perfect one for I posted on there because of that.
1: So, um in the past it was harder because I was like trying to mimic other people's social media but here lately I've since I've been learning who I am and learning what I want to post and not caring about if other people like it or not um it's been much easier a lot of the pictures I post um are selfies and I have my amazing hype man who is my sister who's always like girl if you don't post it I will so um (laughs) For me, I think it's all about just not caring anymore because I'm in a space of growth and um on that journey of self-love and freedom is kind of like not about other people anymore.
0: Exactly. I definitely agree with that cuz that's what helped me to really start posting more cuz I would post a picture and then I wouldn't post another one for another month cuz I would have to <laughs> get the courage up to be like you're you're beautiful you look fine stop changing like stop changing your clothes just post a picture and sometimes I would have to send them to you know friends of mine be like well what do you guys think and they're like hey you better post that picture like what you said about having a hype a hype man on the side you definitely need that while you're going through this self-love journey it's it's really nice to have a hype man on side you know so I know that probably helped you a lot with you know this this self love journey that you're on, and that's really great. Um, so, um, put in, Let's see. Oh yeah, okay. So, how do you think social media can change the narrative of what a body is supposed to look like? Um, if um, they, I mean, I mean, I don't know if they can If if social media can, but do you? How do you think that social media can change it?
1: So, I definitely think there should be more people speaking out um with different body sizes like of course we have our um sisters who post that are on the bigger side of things are the thicker side of things and they post their body body positivity things but they're also so should be us on the other end of the spectrum who are like for me underweight who are posting and still learning to love themselves and um it's all about I heard my Mentor, I call her my mentor, Taylor Walker. She was talking about curating a feed that inspires you so if you struggle with um loving yourself and your skinny size then follow more people who are skinny who post about body positivity if you are struggling with loving yourself and you're on the thicker side of things then follow people who are thicker and post about body positivity and people who maybe trigger you or cause you to compare then you might have to unfollow them for a while so that it doesn't mess with your mental health
0: i actually did that um I think last year I cleaned off the people that I, I followed. That um, just kind of makes me feel bad about myself, you know. Um, so that is definitely a good idea. Um, so uh, let's talk stores, like shopping, mm-hmm. um, while we're on this topic. I always felt the the separation between our size clothes and then the quote unquote plus size section was always weird. Like, I never really understood why we have our own section over here and then they have their own section over there. Like, I felt that contributed to a lot of women feeling some type of way about their bodies. And, you know, instead of just having both sections together, everybody shopping together, everybody finding key clothes together. Like, you ever um, see that in stores, how it's kind of like, kind of sad almost? Like you're over here picking your clothes out and then maybe your more thicker friends like over there by themselves picking their clothes out. Like I never really liked that when I went to stores. So how do you think clothing stores have contributed to the downfall of self love and in women's bodies?
1: Mm. So I honestly don't even think about it when I'm shopping in stores, simply because I actually don't shop like in stores a lot. But if we want to talk about like online stores, like you mentioned, mentioned earlier, Fashion Nova or Shein, um, I've noticed that they've definitely started creating like separate Instagram accounts. So it's like Shein and then Shein Curve fashion nova fashion nova kurt and you will see that a lot of times before they even separated it a lot of the models actually were thicker because they were contributing to what society had already put out there which is that quote unquote thicker women look better um so that did play a huge part in it because i'm like oh my gosh i already know i'm not gonna find anything (laughs) on here that can fit me and if I do it gotta be like a double xs um yeah so I think that but when you're talking about like physical stores then I think they do that simply so it'll be easier for you to find your size like but I think because the online stores do it that's when it bothers me
0: I agree I definitely agree um have you heard about the store that I think they're called loft. They are actually um removing their plus size section. Do you think that will um help the the self love part um of women, you know, or, or hinder it?
1: So are they actually taking like all the sizes
0: away or are they just they not- had it? A- yeah, they're taking the plus sizes out of their stores.
1: Um, personally I don't think that's going to help at all simply because like yet I'm a skinnier person but I also want Mm -hmm. to see plus size women be able to shop for clothes that they want so um and I'm not completely sure what their reasoning is behind taking it away but I don't think it like I don't think it'll help everyone with their self love
0: yeah I've I've seen a lot of um, women on Instagram complaining about that because you know that we're we're trying to push more um the the narrative that all bodies matter you know that all bodies should be able to purchase the same clothes and stuff from stores but the fact that they're taking it out <laughs> because of you know whatever reason they they found to take out a whole size from their store is is weird but um yeah. How has your self-love journey been and what steps are you taking to make it better?
1: Um, So it's been a rocky one. I won't say that there still aren't times where I find myself like comparing myself to other people. Um, but I've noticed that in these past few months, since I've been really focusing on me, it's been getting a lot better. And I think that's one of the main steps that has made a difference and that will make a difference in other people's lives is to focus on you, cancel out all the outside voices. And that can be hard, especially when you've been pretty much doing it your whole life, like from the time we're born, we almost um, have those outside voices telling us what to do, what to wear, how to dress, how to act. Um, So it can be hard to kind of break that narrative and shift to a place of only listening to yourself. But um, it's definitely worth it in the end.
0: I definitely agree with that because it's like, you know, you're in your house and your mom is telling you every day like, you're beautiful, you're amazing. And then you step outside and there's 10 to 20 people that's like, oh, you're too skinny, you're the... It's like, how do you, as a kid, you know, as as a child, how do you, like, block 10 to 20 people out and just have that one voice, you know? Mm-hmm. That was always a struggle for me as a kid. It's like, yeah, my mom said I was pretty, but there's 10 people over here that said that I was too skinny and I was ugly and all that stuff. So it was hard for me to just, like block those 10 to 20 people you know and that's a lot for a child in my opinion Mm -hmm. to deal with so I definitely agree with that yeah and I think it was harder for
1: me simply because um I don't I feel like I have mentioned this before like on my social media but I grew up in a single parent household and that single parent was my mother same so from a very young age it was kind of like well why isn't my dad there does he not love me and having oh, those feelings God. almost <laughs> those feelings almost contributed to me not loving myself because it felt like the parent like I'm a girl, so every girl wants to have their dad in their life. So having that feeling was a really played a really huge part in why I was always trying to please other people or get other people to notice me and to love and care for me.
0: I definitely agree with that. I think that definitely plays a part in and you becoming a people pleaser you know and I definitely was one of those those kids that was like I was pissed <laughs> like why is my dad not here like does he not love me did I do something to him like mm-hmm. I think I broke down at eight um when I was eight years old I, I cussed my mom out not like cussing but like I fussed I her I yelled through a temper tantrum I was like you're the reason he's not here Da, 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 da. you know and my dad came over she made him come over he came over his his explanation was he rather not try than to try and fail that was his explanation and he kissed me good night and, and and left so i mean at the age of eight i just decided it's okay I had a very strong faith, so I, I just decided God will replace whatever he was meant to instill in me. God will bring somebody else along that will be an, a great father figure to me, and I will learn everything I need to know even if he's not here. You know, that that's what I decided when I was eight, because it was a dumb excuse. <laughs> and You're at buried. eight, I even realized it was dumb, so I said, I'm not going to keep on begging for somebody to love me. Like what? But my dad was an alcoholic. So when he came over, he came over drunk and my mom wouldn't let him inside. So as a kid, all I knew was my dad's coming over here, but my mom won't let him in. So that's why I threw the Timber tantrum. Cause I was like, you're the reason he won't come see me. And she can't really tell me, well, your dad's only trying to come over to, to get some for me. And he's not really trying to see you. You know, she couldn't tell me that as a kid yeah so she made him come over and she you know she made she said no you coming over here and telling her why you ain't here so he and that was his excuse and after that he just kept popping up drunk and i was fine i was like no you don't need to come in here (laughs) yeah stay outside like no because i didn't like who he was like that so i was actually grateful that he chose to stay away after after a couple years so i was like i thought if i if he would have been here my life would have been probably completely different and i wouldn't be as great as i am and i wouldn't have had the the quietness that my mom was able to give me Mm -hmm. um you know if he would have been there because he was an alcoholic and he, he was very loud when he was an alcoholic and so I don't I, I wouldn't have wanted that story you know that you know I grew up in an alcoholic parent household like I, I don't want that story so I was glad that he wasn't around you know as a kid you don't think about that you just know well my dad's not here and everybody else got dad like why why my dad not here and you want to know the crazy part At one point in time, my dad actually moved into my neighborhood with another lady. And her daughter used to bully me um, about the fact that I didn't have my dad and she had him. So I had to deal with that for a very long time. And that like, after I was like, after that moment where he explained to me why he wasn't around, when he did that, it brought back the need it brought back uh, a sense of need for him in me. Cause I was like, dang, he's right there. Like right across the street. Is he gonna see me now? Maybe we can be daughter and and, and father now. And it didn't, it didn't make him come see me more or anything, you know, it just made it worse. (laughs) Which is when I decided, can you just leave me alone? Like (laughs) my life was a quieter when you wasn't here. Now you're in my neighborhood and you're making my self-love journey worse. Like, you're you making it worse. So, you know, I, I definitely understand that being a people pleaser because I was like, I got to get the love from somewhere. Like, my dad's not here, you know, so. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but for me, like, my
1: dad was in my life until I was, I don't know how long. My parents were married and then all of a sudden, I just remember him not being there anymore and I was too young, of course, for them to explain to me that my dad cheated on my mom so um as I got older like he's he came in and out of my life every now and then but um I would see like on social media my other siblings who um are by my dad like with him a lot and it's just like okay, what's going on here? And as I form a relationships with them, they will talk about how amazing he was. And I'm like, I didn't get that same experience. So it kind of almost made me envious of them. And it's just crazy because one day I did talk to him about that, like, okay, I know you cheated. I have a brother that's the exact same age as me. <laughs> so like, we could literally be twins if we had the same mom um and he and it kind of that was when I really was like okay Courtney you need to focus on yourself because in having that conversation with him he told me he did not owe my dad told me he did not owe me an apology because I wasn't the person he cheated on but at the same time you cheating kind of affected our relationship it definitely did (laughs) And it like before I even put two and two together, because I, I had always known I had a brother the same age as me. But I like when I was younger, I didn't really think, wait, just one second. That means like I didn't think about it like that until I got older. But um when he said that to me, it definitely did hurt like for a long while to the point where, like you said, you started kind of going off on your mom. I did that as well, because you do like. I did kind of blame her before I actually knew what happened um but when I finally realized okay Courtney his actions they did hurt you but it had nothing to do with you being a bad person or nothing to do with how he feels about you um one time my therapist actually told me that Men who cheat are people who cheat are people who hurt other people in general. Their actions are selfish actions. So it had nothing to do with me and what he felt about me. It had everything to do with what he wanted for him at that time. So that's when I really was like, okay, you know, if that relationship is meant to be, then you have your entire life to form a bond with him. And if it isn't, then all you can do is work on yourself. And I really had to, like, once I said that, I really had to actually work on forgiving him because while I was trying to move mm-hmm. on, I would, like, still see other people with their dad or dads or even seeing my siblings with our dad. Um, it would become envious and it would pull me back again. So I really just had to learn to forgive him, which was very hard. And I'm going to be honest, I'm still working on it now. Like, it's very hard. But yeah, it was um, hard for me
0: but But he he had other kids too yeah Yeah. i never really had a relationship um with my dad's other kids he had seven Mm. um i think i'm a middle kid (laughs) (laughs) I i think i'm a middle kid um but he had seven by four different women and my mom and him dated for two years Um, before she found out she actually found out because she went to put him on child support and they said well he's already in the system she's like what? (laughs) they said yeah he's already in the system and they turned the screen around and a whole list of kids was already on the screen that was already on on child support for him so that's when she found out that he had seven other kids Um, and for me I was excited because I was an only kid I was like ooh I got a brother and sister and then it's like that's not how it happened like at all like our relationship was broken like it wasn't exciting because he would like jump from one sibling to another so we all had different stories about you know our dad and stuff so yeah it was more so like and then for the fact that the the mothers of my siblings didn't like the other mothers because they was all cheated on <laughs> so mm-hmm. they all felt like each of them broke up each other's family so they didn't really let all of us be together and hang out so i was missing out on meeting my other siblings i and and the crazy part is i still don't even know like half of them i think i only met four because he the the parents won't let him see the other ones because they're they're that angry so i think i only met four out of the seven um i know there's a set of twins i know there's a girl somewhere that's the same age as me like (laughs) i just (laughs) it's and they don't understand like men when they do that how it affects the children because it does and your dad definitely owed you an apology because he he messed up what you should have had which is a stable family you know i'm saying like a full two-parent household he messed that up because he was selfish so of course he owed you an apology you know my dad owed me an apology you know because we didn't ask to be placed in these situations you know so for them to be like let me mess up your life right quick like that's selfish (laughs) before it even (laughs) gets started exactly like let me have a two parent household for the rest of my life please like for them to come in and be like I'm gonna be selfish and mess up your life like you know that's why I had posted the other day I was like audacity is the word of the year because people really be having audacity sometimes hello (laughs) yes like come on now the audacity be like i don't owe you nothing excuse me yeah I, I'm, I'm still waiting on my father's day dinner and and dancing and i can't even do it because i ain't got no dad around like i used to right. feel like that at school like looking at all these kids doing parent teacher conferences and stuff and my mom showing up like and, and the thing is like i eventually apologized to my mom and it made me love her more because she killed it like she killed yes, the single exactly. mom Jane. i was like yes mom kill it shout you don't out need to no the man. single moms <laughs> exactly you don't need no man you got it like she killed it like we turned out great because of our mothers like that's the the, the crazy part and that's what really made me love my mom even more like i was like bro I, and she also taught me independence because she did it you know what i mean she didn't let that situation break her down and not continue to progress. So she taught me that, you know, you don't need nobody that's going to treat you like like trash or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. you good by yourself. You can stand on your own too. So I was always thankful that she didn't let him just come in and do whatever because she knew that I wanted my father. Like, you know, she stood her ground. So I was able even though he messed up some of you know my mental because of what he did she helped me to be able to still stand on my own too you know so i mean your dad probably is looking at your whole career right now like dang i really i wish i was there like (laughs) yeah you know but you know the thing is I think about
1: that a lot but at the same time certain things had to happen in order for me to even be able to start my platform so exactly. and you know I'm pretty sure if my dad was in my life then I still would be doing something great but I wouldn't mm-hmm. have as much passion for it as I do now
0: Yeah everything does happen for a reason like uh, you know in the beginning when I we talked about the the pain fueling all this amazing stuff that you know we're doing now and if you didn't have that pain maybe it wouldn't have been you know it, it wouldn't have been your calling wouldn't it came to where it is right now you know so it all turned out great so um yeah it it's amazing that you know stuff like that turns people into these amazing inspiring human beings you know and that's what I always was taught when when I had things happen to me in life is that it's just a part of my story you know and I and I can turn it into something that's going to help other people you know that was always my thing when when I was creating anything it was always how can this help somebody not feel like this you know what I mean right yeah so I was always like okay I I know I feel like trash right now I know (laughs) I feel crazy but how can I help somebody not feel like this because I don't want nobody feeling like this so that was always my thought process when I was creating things how can I prevent this feeling from you know for other people Um, so yeah that's crazy that we got a lot in common Um, that's really interesting (laughs) because I never really talked to you like talked to you before this interview so it's really interesting we got a lot in common so recently, I do want to talk about this video that you published um, about account- accountability when it comes to mm-hmm. racism. Yes. I-, I saw that video. I was like, wow. Um, first of all, what inspired that that video? Because it was very powerful. And-, and you said a lot of things that people really needed to hear. So what inspired that video?
1: I'm um, going to be honest, Black Twitter inspired it simply because um, <laughs> <laughs> my timeline on Twitter was full of the video of that cop saying he just had a bad day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, let me scroll. And then I saw the video again and again. And normally when I see things over and over like that, it's because I need to see it. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do with this video besides get angry? Because that was the that's the feeling I get every time social injustice, or killing of black people or Asians or any minority happens for no reason other than the fact that they're their race. Um I get angry and I get sad and I start saying, "Oh my gosh, this literally could be somebody I know or it could be me." So um, that's what inspired it. And the fact that I think about it every time like someone dies, we say, oh, my gosh, they just took somebody's brother. They just took somebody's sister. But we don't think about the fact that they just besides it being someone's sister or brother, they just took somebody's life like they didn't just take um, Brianna Taylor's mother's daughter from her. They took Brianna Taylor's future away from her so exactly I think that's what inspired it because it's a lot of things that I think about every time a racial killing happens is that like it's it's really no reason behind it other than the fact that they're black or the fact that they're Asian or the fact that the person who did it was racist so
0: yeah that's what inspired it (laughs) It's, it's definitely crazy. And I see it all the time. And sometimes it gets overwhelming for me. And I have to kind of put down social media and go watch mm-hmm. something funny. Oh, my God, if I see one more post about this, right, if I see yes. one more incident, like it just gets really overwhelming. And it's kind of scary to think it's so much of it happening. Um, have you ever experienced racism yourself? oh
1: yes 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 (laughs) yes the schools I went to in Georgia those principals and teachers were racist and it's like they would be slick with it so like you really had to be experiencing it for you to see it like another white person wouldn't recognize it but another black person would so it would be like slick comments or slick remarks or slick actions like Um, One of my friends, actually, everyone knows in school you have like ISS or detention, whatever you want to call it. One of my friends was with um, this group of white boys doing, I think they got caught smoking weed on campus or whatever. The white boys got like um, three days of ISS. My friend could not come back to the school at all. so that's it was wild. stuff like that and their excuse was um he had done other things in the past but I'm looking at those white boys like they've done other things in the past too y'all might not have caught them but they've definitely done it so yeah, yeah. it's like that's just one example of it but yeah I've experienced racism um in school and one time actually at a hair salon buy a not a hair salon but a beauty store where you buy hair by another minority
0: (laughs) so it was that was crazy to me too but I definitely had that happen (laughs) like I just walked in the store and the dude was like empty your pockets up no I was walking out of the store and he was like empty your pockets I know you got something in there I know you took something I'm like what? Right. I I didn't take nothing. This is a little Dollar Tree. What I got <laughs> stealing from a Dollar Tree? Like, do you need the Dollar that bad? I got a Dollar. <laughs> but I was really shocked. Like, okay.
1: Yeah, it's always crazy to me when other minorities show racism towards a different group of minorities. Like, white people don't like none none of us. So,
0: mm-hmm. we all in the same boat. <laughs> right. But I definitely have um, experienced it, but mine's was different. It's kind of weird. And I used to ask my mom, like, how am I supposed to, like, should I be offended or should I not? But of course I should be offended because it's still racism. But yeah. as you know, I'm lighter than light skin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And I got bullied for being too light, quote unquote. Um, I was told a lot of times that I was too light to be black. I got it from the time I was... What was the first time I experienced I think I was in like the second or no, the third grade. Third grade, I was called a white girl um, for the first time. And I knew I was not white. <laughs> like my mom made sure to make... She made sure I was proud of being black. So she, she made sure I knew. So when I had gotten called a white girl for the first time, I was like, what? Like, should I be offended or should I... Like I was really confused as a kid, but over time, it started getting overwhelming because people started really like when I got into middle school and high school, people started really coming at me, calling me an albino and calling me everything you can think of that's degrading, mm-hmm. like that's white. I was called everything from anything you think of that's degrading. I was called um, for being too light and you talking about a kid trying to explain to people that she's black? Like, it's, you're right. It's a very difficult. Like, I used to get in arguments in my neighborhood when kids would be like, "You're not black, you white. You need to stop pretending that you're black." I'm like pretending, pretending. <laughs> I, y'all I be the doing- one. But I've had. I've had a lot of people say that to me. You need to stop pretending like you black. You're not black for real. Ain't nobody that light that's black. You white, you need it. And for me as a kid sitting here like, no, I am black. I promise you I'm black. Like it mentally tore me apart because I got tired of explaining my complexion. So mm-hmm. I think at a certain age for, for maybe a couple months, I actually started pretending like I was white to ease the bullying. I was like, okay, well, may- maybe if I just tell people that I'm, that I'm white or I'm mixed, then people will, stop, will leave me alone. And then I felt bad. I was like, bro, I'm actually sitting here acting like I'm not black to please other people you know like I had that moment where I was like bro I know I'm not sitting here saying that I'm not black because other people don't want to accept it so I had to actually be like nah I'm gonna, I'm gonna be proud of being black whether you like it or not like I really had to like pull myself back in like we're not doing this I and you know the crazy part is I had school issues too with teachers who are extremely racist and I honestly I think me and you went to the same school <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. Cause I had I had an actual teacher who was racist. And this is gonna blow your mind. I was in middle school, and she for some reason she was doing a math class, and for some reason she separated her class from whites and blacks, right? So the, the desks closer to her the, the kids closer to her desk were all white and the, the kids farther from her desk were all black and when we came in and sat at our desk, we was looking around like, what in the... Like, Do y'all notice what we noticed? Like, all the black kids noticed it. We was all looking at you like, hmm. Yeah. And you want to know the crazy part? Little old me was on the white kids' side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because she... You, you ever have those little um cards that your parents had to fill out about your race and everything? Mm-hmm. In yeah. school? She didn't get mine yet. So she just assumed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So once those cards came in i got moved mm. and she stopped answering my questions and everything because when all the black kids would raise their hands she would act like she was doing something or was reading something and our questions never got answered but when the white kids raised their hand she would like yes what do you need da, da, da. so we just sat looking around like i know she did not just <laughs> like and this was when was I I don't even remember like in the early 2000s like she had literally separated her class based on race in middle school and I was really confused <laughs> I was like I would what be is too. this and like another time um, this I think it was in kindergarten my mom said I came home and told her about this teacher um, who was calling for a parent teacher conference or whatever and she was like no it was report cards um was it parent teacher conference i don't remember what it was i think it was like parent teacher conference and she was like your parents probably aren't even gonna come because i know most of them probably don't drugs or drinking or something like she told a kindergarten class that and so i came home and i told my mama and (laughs) my mama went up there of course and she cussed her i was like you better not ever say nothing like that to my kid like right. no not all, of our, not all of these kids parents are on drugs because we black because it was the most dom- you know, black kid mostly black school and the teacher was white so she just assumed that most of our parents were drug addicts and stuff because of you know just the color of our skin and my mom was like you better not ever assume nothing like that because I'm a hard working person like I'm not doing all that you know and my mom was very uh, into making sure my school experience was good so yeah. they saw her face all the time after that <laughs>
1: okay like, oh, i dad. bet
0: so i've experienced the weirdest side of racism um but i've definitely been called um the n-word and that of course made me feel weird because i was used to people calling me white sirs <laughs> <laughs> so when i first got called that i was like now I should be offended, like, now I can be offended, um, I even had a girl who was black call me that, in front of her white friends, she, she was one of my, I guess, friends, she was, she put it, and they were, you know, she was around them and everything like that, and we was in the front of the staircase of the school, and she just said, what's up, boom, hard R at the end, <laughs> hard And she started hard R at and not the end. Not the friendly version. <laughs> she said the unfriendly version. And I was like, what? Like, I was more confused because she was black. Yeah. And then she signed my yearbook with the same slur. And I'm like, okay. This is we got what problem. is wrong. <laughs> exactly. Like, we're supposed to be progressing. You're not helping. Like, it's not okay because you're black. Like,. You can't... It's not a... It's not a cool word to say. Especially the version that means... The worst. <laughs> like... <laughs> right. It's because you're black... And you're saying it in front of your white friends. Thinking that... But allowing them to think it's okay to say it. Because you say and it. And it's not. You know? And they all laughed about... Exactly. And they all laughed about it and everything. I was there and i like... That ain't, ain't nothing funny. Ain't nothing funny. That's not... Like... I was so confused because you... And these are kids in high school. Like it really confused me because we have history class we know the history of this stuff and Mm -hmm. she took it so lightly but it was her trying to fit in you know she she felt like she could she didn't fit in with the black kids because of the stuff she was into so she tried to fit in with the white kids and that's a whole another conversation (laughs) um but yeah are you there yes (laughs) yes <laughs> okay it got quiet for a sec but yeah so but you know the crazy part is um what really made me love the skin that I'm in cause I do now I'm, I'm proud of being black um was one time I was a security officer and I was walking through the garage and this lady stopped me and she was like can you come here for a minute so I, I came to her car and she was like um my daughter is albino and she's being bullied because of the color of her skin and she was like um I, if you don't mind can you say a couple of encouraging words for her um because seeing you um will inspire her and let her know that she can be anything that she wants to be now i'm not albino but the fact that i could inspire somebody made me go over there and talk to her you know what i mean it was like the fact that this little she was a little girl like a little kindergartner the fact that she's being bullied in kindergarten where we don't even know (laughs) about our complexion for real the fact that she's being bullied to the point that she feels bad about herself as a kindergarten like these are babies that already are having low self-esteem issues as babies like that's insane to me so like I went and of course I talked to her I was like girl you're a beautiful little girl like she was gorgeous she was gorgeous and you know normally I would have gotten offended like I am not albino I'm black but the fact that this mom like came to me to to encourage her daughter I just could not not take the opportunity, you know what I mean. So of course, yeah. I-, I talked to her and I was like, "You're beautiful, you're gorgeous the way you are. I do not let anybody make you feel any different." And and the sad part is, these this is a baby. Like I have to keep like putting that out there. This is a baby that's starting to have low self esteem issues as a baby from other kids. Like that's crazy that it would start at that age, you know. And I. I don't know what happened to her I never seen her again after that but I hope that she took what I said and really continued to love the skin that she's in you know what I mean that's what I was hoping for but that was the moment that I was like I really can do something with my pain and and, you know of me being a lighter African American I really can do something with that and it really inspired me to to love myself even more because it's so many girls like that out there that just need somebody that looks like them to just let them know you're gonna be good you're you're fine you're beautiful you know whether i you know light like me or you know brown skin like you or just anybody that looks like them they need all of the complexions out there to encourage them you get what i'm saying yeah it shouldn't just be one complexion or one version of african-american out there fighting for self-love and stuff it should be everybody all complexions and kids should know that there are more shades <laughs> it's yes. not just one shade like that's the, the the part that i had to realize that a lot of people do not teach these kids that there are different shades of african-americans it's not just one like it's different shades different hues like so and i and i i didn't know that as a kid i just knew that i was african-american <laughs> you know i didn't i didn't know there was other shades i just you know but i i respected everybody you know and, and for some reason kids kids are mean sometimes <laughs> very kids can be really mean but i think it has to do with the teaching if you, if you teach them that you have to respect everybody i think they will grow up doing so um but a lot of these kids you know they hear stuff about other you know races and skin tones and stuff and they and they put it out there when they go outside and and, and everything so and i don't think i've ever experienced racism with other people like i don't think i've been standing somewhere and like it happened to one of my friends or anything i don't even think i remember but um if it did i definitely would not just stand there you know what i mean that was one of my issues in school was that a lot of my friends were scared to speak up because our teachers were not the ones that had our back so it was either we fight this or we get beat up like that that was the because you know i tried to put my my faith in my teachers but (laughs) They weren't they, they weren't those kind of teachers, you know. So, I kind of had to handle a lot of the the bullying about my skin tone and weight by myself. And like you said, at, at one point in the podcast, you know, I I just took it in, and and I didn't deal with it. I didn't handle it. I didn't. So it kind of piled on top of each other, mm-hmm. you know. And eventually, it started to break me down, you know, and that's the hard part is is trying to come from under all that stuff that you just let top on top of each other you know but i eventually was okay with how i look i think i think skin and and the crazy part is i don't understand the point of skin tone people don't choose a skin tone like right like how do people have a problem with a a skin tone just because not because you know them? But just because they they skin is a certain tone, they terrible. Like, I don't don't get the logic of it. And I guess it's because we aren't those kind of people. You know what I mean? We don't judge people off of skin tone. So we don't get the logic. And, hey, they must be terrible because they're brown skin. Or they're, like, what? I've always been confused. Like, I've never... I'm not gonna say I always wanted to ask a racist that question, but like <laughs> I always just wanted to know the logic behind the skin tone issue. It's it's not like I went in and picked it out myself. Like, what think, is the logic?
1: I honestly think if we're being honest, everything really goes back to the beginning, like of slavery. Like you had the um lighter skinned slaves being treated better, and they got to work inside the house, whereas the darker skin slaves had to work outside and the darker skin slaves were based on what I know probably were a little bit. I don't want to say envious of that because I don't want anybody to take what I'm saying wrong, but probably so and maybe it's because the lighter skin slaves probably thought they were better because they didn't have to work outside all day. So I feel like it almost starts like, from slavery honestly if we want to talk about the skin tone i think
0: so you know the crazy part is i've actually um it was it was hard for me when i was a kid to approach women um or girls because i was good um girls that i wanted to be friends with who were darker tones than me because i had been bullied a lot for being light by dark-skinned girls Wow. like the majority of them were dark-skinned girls so it it really made me nervous when I would try to approach a girl to be her friend and she was dark than me because I didn't want her to like bully me almost yeah. you know and I had said that one time <laughs> on another podcast and the girls in the room who were darker than me got really offended um and I didn't understand it, why they got offended, but I guess I can see why, but it wasn't that I was afraid of them. It was the fact that I was, I felt like when I got bullied by people of my own race for being black, like that's the thing that I didn't understand as a kid, because I was I was black too. So it's like, why are you bullying me for being black when we're both black? <laughs> like that was yeah. what I was thinking about, but I just didn't understand the logic in it. So, I thought I did something to them just by being lighter, you know? So I was always nervous that if I tried to interact with a darker-skinned girl, I would do something to offend her. You know what I mean? So I just didn't really try to go out and get friends and stuff like that. Like, I kind of stayed to myself and and stuff like that. Um, Because of that, I was always nervous, but I wasn't angry with them or mad at them or anything. It's just... I didn't want to offend or hurt anybody right. by just being lighter. And it, it sounds crazy, but that's how you feel when all you did was be a skin tone. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That's the great, like, did I do, like, you don't know what you did. You just know that you're darker or you're lighter and that offended this person. So it's like, well, what else did you do? So you almost feel like you're offending people by being a complexion. Which is yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, have you ever had those times where you were just like, well, I know I didn't do anything, <laughs> so why are you offended? Like, what what makes you be racist towards me? Like, have you ever had those moments where you kind of got confused as to why the racism was happening to you?
1: Um. So, with the racism, it normally comes from, like, people of different races, but I've actually never experienced i guess we call it colorism from um other black people so i think most times when people treat me a certain type of way it's not even about my skin tone or my race most times people see what i'm doing in life and they sort of kind of treat me a certain way and sometimes i am confused about that because i want everybody to win exactly (laughs) so yeah it's just And I try not to offend other people with my actions or how I word things, which is why I always have to like take time to think before I respond to things, Um, especially on social media or with people that I'm not really familiar with. Um, But yeah, sometimes it does get confusing why people choose to treat you a certain way. Like, is it that you've heard something about me from somebody else? All right. Like, yeah. So I don't know.
0: That kind of contributes to women empowerment because I know a lot of times women kind of try to pit themselves against other women, you know, like competition almost for kind of no reason. And have you ever experienced like you're doing good and and everything and then other women have kind of tried to shut down what you're doing or like downplay what you're doing because you know, they don't want you to be competition.
1: Yes. Um, I have experienced that and that also is the weirdest thing to me because I'm the type of person that when I see someone I know doing something or starting a brand or even people that I don't know that are doing good things, I try to support, I try to repose, like, comment, share, buy it if they're selling a product. And so when I don't get that same in return where people just completely ignore what I'm doing or even try to put down what I'm doing, it's kind of like it does hurt because I'm the type of person that loves supporting other women and loves supporting other people in general. And sometimes I'm just like, why can't I get that same thing in return? Because I mean, at the end of the day, everybody wants their own business to be successful. So why would you put down somebody who is supporting you?
0: Exactly, I definitely feel that way. Um, cause I I've, I've had a lot, like even doing web design, cause I know you also do web design, which is awesome um i've had a lot of other website designers come at me about the way i do my pricing and you know they would like comment stuff and be like well um you're devaluing yourself because your your pricing is is not my pricing and i'm just like bruh (laughs) you gonna buy or you gonna get out my comments (laughs) hello yes yes I, and I've had a lot like a lot of them like and, and and a lot of the times when it comes to business which I've learned being now being in like the little business world I guess you can say um they they kind of like sly they're like nice nasty almost with, with the way they say stuff like have you ever experienced that being in kind of like the the business world now you know running your brand and stuff a lot of people say stuff on the sly like you would really have to listen to catch it it's not like out there like you're gonna do terrible it's mostly like well i if it was me i couldn't do that like (laughs) it's really sly (laughs) remarks almost like have you ever experienced that being in the business world now that you have your your brands and stuff
1: um so I have not experienced it to my face or like in my comments, but I have had people like tell me that other people are saying things. And most of the times I'm like, if you can't say it to my face, then I really don't care about it. Um, because like I see my product and I see my brand and I know what it's worth and I see how good it's doing. And that's not to sound like cocky or anything, but if it was failing and you were saying these things that I would it would bother me. But because I see where it's going and I know the plan that God has for it, then it really doesn't bother me.
0: You gotta pump yourself up too. Like <laughs> yeah. you really sometimes gotta pat yourself on the back and be like, hey, you did a good job today. You know? Yeah. And I will so, say that like Oh, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I will say that like over the past few months or like closer to the end of 2020, I was very discouraged about um Freedom Revamped but i was like okay you know that this brand is supposed to be here maybe you're just going about it in the wrong way because i really did think about like just deleting the website deleting the instagram all you of that you definitely
0: posted that at one point <laughs> i
1: was like what yes i remember you dm'd us like quick i was like oh um, seeing what? that people no. <laughs> right <laughs> So seeing that the people who were already like a part of the Freedom revamp community were genuinely enjoying it, I was like, okay, Courtney, maybe just you need to go about it differently. So that's when like, we started rebranding and really focusing in on what our message is. And that's clearly we're heading in the right direction. And I'm happy to see that. So honestly, I feel like if your business isn't doing what you expect it to do or what you think it should be doing then maybe you just need to evaluate but if it's something that you know is there for a purpose then don't give up on it and I sometimes still think about giving up on it but seeing like how it's going it's like okay Courtney you'd be letting not only yourself down but other people down as well.
0: Yes that is definitely what keeps me going because sometimes I do have well not recently but like sometimes i do i did have times where i wanted to just shut everything down and go sit in a corner (laughs) like yes i was like okay this is just not going the way i thought and speaking of that has that like how has the pandemic like played a part in you feeling that way about your brain because i know a lot of people have gotten depressed during this pandemic have just like just not been able to handle like life right now because of this pandemic so has that played a part at all in how you viewed you know your brand and stuff like that
1: um so since we focus a lot well i'll speak about like my virtual assistant thing and i'll speak about freedom revamp for freedom revamp since we speak a lot about mental health issues i feel like i hate to say it the pandemic has given us more stuff to talk about because so many people are going through things in the pandemic and that our brand is about what's going on in the world um and how we can be free from societal issues so as far as freedom Revamp, it's definitely given us um a lot more to talk about but as far as my virtual assistant and web design and social media management that i do it has it's been tough because so many people need my services but because of like I'll say like people being laid off or jobs cutting back on how much they pay then it's been hard for people to be able to um pay for that extra service so that I've sort of had to like cut back on my pricing because like the money i'm like my virtual assistant stuff i'm not really in it for the money i like the money but i'm like the type of person who likes to help people so
0: if i can help them then i will exactly that's definitely what i started doing um i've i've came across a couple of clients that they were just like we would love to pay you full but we only have this much and i was like well you are, your business actually is gonna help the pandemic. So let me go ahead and do it for, you know, the price you can. So it always comes back after, because I remember when I finished that project, they actually was able to come up with the rest of it. And, and they was like, well, we want to pay the full price now. Cause we got, you know, so it, it came full circle after that. And all I wanted to do was help. Like that's why I do everything. And that's why I price everything. So I definitely understand that um, part of it. I remember I used to do stuff for free my mom was like you know you got bills to pay (laughs) i'm like yeah but i just like design i just like helping people in design it's not really about money i don't want to start doing money but that's why i I charge a certain price because i'm just here to help i'm not here to really be like let me go get a lamborghini off of this website like (laughs) i'm not really trying to make buku money off of it but i just enjoy it so i think it's it's more uh it, it's better when you just enjoy it and you're not in it for the money i think the fun gets taken out of it when you're just in it for money mm-hmm. and you know i think that's where it's like okay maybe you want to try something different i don't think this career is for you because i know free like freedom revamp is is such a, a great platform and and i've been following it for a while and it's it's so amazing to see it grow and stuff um let's talk about your personal brand because um, you are also a youtuber and like you said a virtual assistant and marketing specialist and all these great things because girl you got a lot a long list of stuff that you be doing yes <laughs> like okay courtney out here killing them with the the just the and then you got a lot of people that you work for that is amazing and just what do you want your personal brand to represent in all honesty aside from freedom rebrand just your personal courtney galloway brand
1: um so honestly i just wanted to represent positivity and represent growth like my main thing is growing in all areas of my life be it my self-love journey be it my freedom journey be it my youtube journey i want people to see that no matter what may try to stop me i'm never going to give up on my dreams and my goals and my passion Um, and I want people to like kind of reflect that in their own lives so they see that I'm not giving up even though so many things have tried to stop me Um, and I just want them to be able to do the same
0: that's amazing I mean we need more brands like that with that representation really we need more brands um, of just empowerment Um, what are some plans for your personal brand that you can share
1: um, so I'm trying to get back into music. A lot of people who
0: know me know me. Oh, they know hold that. on a sec. <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all know something. I completely forgot because she haven't released a song, and I don't know how long. But Courtney got a voice on her. Like when I heard the first single, I said, "What? Excuse me?" I was so hyped and everything. It was it was amazing. So go ahead and continue. Go ahead and tell them. Go ahead. <laughs> so I'm trying to get back into my music um a lot of you who like
1: know me personally you know that a while ago I was releasing music under the name Blossom which was my stage name but I'm currently rebranding that um so that I can go under my actual name Court Art which is short for Courtney um and with that I'm going to be really writing about like real life stuff. Like when I was doing blossom, it was all the cute, funny, giggly, flirty type stuff. But now I'm going to actually write about situations that I've actually been in. And some of that will be relationship stuff. But a lot of it will actually be about my self love journey.
0: And about um, discovering who I am as a person. That's amazing. I can't wait. So I'm definitely a fan of your voice and your writing and stuff. And I, I just can't wait to, especially for the visuals. I know the visuals is going to be crazy. Oh, um, I'm so excited for that cuz with the blossom I
1: didn't I didn't do music videos and with yeah, writing this new music I was really music,
0: disappointed. I was like this, <laughs> yes. this song need a video. Come on, when are we getting the video out? <laughs> right, but um <laughs> <laughs> with the new music like as
1: I'm writing I see what I want the videos to look like, so just stay tuned guys i'm excited for it
0: <laughs> yeah i can't wait I, i'm really excited about that and i mean it's always good to rebrand so i mean i can't wait because i i've been wondering where the music at. i keep seeing that same cover i'm like okay we're gonna get a sequel an album ep what <laughs> right that's <the laughs> so i'm one. really excited about it um let me see do i have anything else that i want to ask you? Cause I. This is like our first official conversation, <laughs> right? Um, do you have any advice for people on their self-love journey? Just people in general doesn't have to be women, but just people in general who are going through that that body image, trying to find themselves and, and love who they are. And do you have any, any advice for those for those people? I would definitely say
1: um, something similar to what I said earlier, which is block out the outside voices. That can definitely be hard at times, but um, once you do that, you'll really get to see what you think about yourself. That way you will be able to love yourself um, even more because you won't be
0: changing for other people. You'll be changing for yourself. That's really great. That's definitely the hardest part is blocking out the voices. Um, because I know I found that hard for me um, in the beginning of my journey was I had so many thoughts and, and stuff that people would say to me just I will wake up with anxiety almost when you know in the morning time because I had all these well you're not enough you're not this you're you're too skinny da da just all at the same time in my head and and it was hard for me sometimes to even get up and be like I got this like I'm a you know it, it sometimes was very difficult for me to just to get up you know and just go about my day because I, I was so weighed down by just opinions which is insane um, but people really have to understand that words are as powerful as anything. Like, words are, are so powerful. and They are. Once they get embedded in a person's head, it's hard to get them out. You know, so if you hear for like 10, 11 years that you're ugly and you're this and you're that, you're going to start to believe it. And mm-hmm. it's hard to really get it get it out of your head like i'm not ugly i'm not like you really have to work at it and i really commend all the people that still get up every day regardless of those voices and fight to move forward and and progress and grow including you courtney like i really commend everybody like that because i know how hard it is to really just just to get up like it just the simple stuff just to get up and be like I got this or to just do stuff that you love without those voices interfering so I really do commend everybody in the world for for that do that every day because I definitely almost quit a couple times I definitely was like about to give up a couple times but that brings me to my last question because faith is very strong with me. Like I, I have such a strong faith and belief in God, which is what has helped me through everything and kept me growing and progressing. And I hear and see you talk about your faithful lot on Instagram and social media. And I love it. I love it. Um, How has faith played a part in your journey thus far? So, um, I won't say that
1: I have the best relationship with God, Um, I do fall short, but as far as it playing a part in my journey, um, one of the ways I kind of got started on my self love journey and realizing that first I am capable and worthy of being loved is actually because I thought about the fact that God, first of all, created this entire universe, and he still finds time to love me. And that was so significant to me because he literally does everything. He created everything, but he loves Courtney and all of her flaws and all of her mistakes and all that I've done wrong that he isn't pleased of. He still finds time to love me. So um, I think that's how that's what um, how my faith played a huge part in my self love journey just because like God loves me. so. Um, and once I realized that, it was like, okay, if he can love you, then why can't you love yourself?
0: That's beautiful. That's definitely how I felt. Like, I, you know, any fears that I had, any anything that somebody has said to me, it's like, yeah, but the creator of the universe is is cool with me. So, <laughs> I, right. So, like, your opinion don't matter that much. <laughs> you ain't do yeah. nothing like that. Did you create the trees? Like <laughs> so yeah um it, that's really good to hear here so um I just always love that about your post and and the stuff that you would say you would always make sure that you added in there about how good God was so that was something I, I wanted to ask about um so how can well before I ask that do you have anything you want to ask me or add before we close out
1: Um, I honestly just want to say thank you for like thinking enough of my journey to actually want to talk to me about it. Sometimes I just post those things because it's like I need reminders of it. So when it helps other people or when other people notice it, it actually is a really good feeling to know that I'm not alone in this journey.
0: That's definitely something that that helps me. That's why I follow accounts like yours, because it's like if instead of me following people who make me feel insecure about myself i would rather just follow people who we all in the same boat <laughs> you know yeah. we all can help each other encourage each other and stuff like that and i think that's really what um women empowerment is about is we just all need to realize we we can just all help each other we can all pull each other up and and get everybody everybody gonna make it it's enough room for everybody you know there's yeah. no need to put somebody to the side or you know belittle somebody everybody We can all make it. There's enough money out here for everybody. So I I love following accounts like yours and your freedom revamp brand and stuff like that. Because it's just every time I scroll through my feed, I get reminders of how amazing I am and how great the world is. Instead of following like, you know, just seeing all the the tragedies in the world all the time. (laughs) It really can bring you down. It really can. But um, how can people contribute to the future of freedom freedom revamped and your personal brand so with freedom revamped um if you guys don't know how to follow
1: us you can follow us at freedom revamped and if you want to contribute we're actually looking to grow our team um of writers and interviewers so if you're interested in that you can definitely Um, DM us or email us and even if you have a specific topic that you're struggling with that you want us to talk about um I might not have the answers but we definitely would reach out to someone who talks about that topic so that we could interview them and talk to them about it and with my personal brand you can follow me on instagram and twitter at Court underscore um if you need social media management or anything like that you can click the link in my bio and as of now no music announcements as far as dates but if you follow me then you'll be able to see that when it comes
0: well thank you so much for being on episode two of my podcast you are such an inspiration and i cannot wait to see what you do with your brand and i can't wait to hear the music that's that's really all i'm like caring about right now because you just say you're coming out with some more so yeah but anyways thank you so much for being on my podcast i'm so excited for to see what you're gonna do next so thank you
1: and thank you for having me
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to episode two of the Rare Culture Podcast. I am so excited about how this episode turned out. And I hope that inspires many of you to start or continue your self-love journey. Um, Until next time, guys. See ya.